Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Amplify Her podcast. I am your host, Christina Singh, and the Amplify Her podcast is all about amplifying and uplifting women's voices and stories. I am so excited to be back. I took last week off because I had some stuff going on in my personal life that I just needed to process and just live through, and now I'm back. And I don't know why I said that with a drawl, but now I'm back and I'm really, really thrilled about this week's episode. I'm talking with Stacey Millman about her journey into the world of breathwork. Maybe you've heard breathwork pop up here and then. Maybe you're a pro. Maybe you've gone to a class. Maybe you've never heard of this before. But I've, I've heard of breathwork, but I didn't really know what it was or how one gets involved. And so Stacy joins me to talk about her journey and how she's really utilized breathwork to process her trauma and how it really helped her calm her nervous system and how she had a really truly life-changing moment just by taking one action to step into a class. And we really go through what a small action can do to change one's life. And so I hope when you're listening to this episode, if there's one thing that you want to do today, if there's one thing that you've been holding back on, something that you're resisting, I encourage you to maybe give into it a little bit. Give into just taking an action. I have a really hard time taking action myself, and it can be really paralyzing. I would encourage you to give into that action, take it, take one step, because if you listen to this story, you truly have no idea how one small action will completely change your life and it was so wonderful to sit with Stacy and hear about her evolution hear about how she's still evolving and just get to know breathwork a little bit more I'm excited to to actually take a course and to actually dive a little deeper into this because I think so much of you know breathwork meditation uh tapping all of that is really related and I find them really beneficial. I would love to hear if you do. Um, please don't forget that you can send me a voicemail. I would love to showcase some voicemails on the show if you have a question for a past guest, for myself, or if you just have a suggestion for a topic. Uh, the link to send me a voice note is in the description for the for this episode. I hope you enjoy this episode with Stacy. I know I did. Um, and if you want to work with her, please, please go do. Her information is in the episode description as well. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy this episode with Stacy. Stacy, welcome to Growing Woman. I am so beyond thrilled to have you here on the show. Um, yeah, just thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Christina. So happy to be here with you. I just love seeing your podcast grow and just the conversation. So just so honored to be here with you. Yay. Well, we were connected through one of my favorites, uh, humans in the world. My dear one friend, of my, Ellen. Favorites too. <laughs> um, my dear friend, Ellen, she has been one of my best friends since college. And, um, she saw what you were doing in the world. She saw what I was doing in the world and connected us. And I feel like it's been wonderful ever since, you know, just getting on a conversation together and being like, how can we work together? How can we mutually help each other? And I knew that I really wanted to talk to you about your journey and your transition into what you're doing now, because you have started your own business all around breath work yes. um, and guiding people through 
breath work? What is it? You know, all of the ins and outs of breath work. And I know it's a very complex subject matter, and I know that we'll get into that. Um, but I really want to dive into what you were doing before, what led you to, you know, this change in your life. And, um, can you talk about your life before you created this change? So what were you doing before you started to launch your own company? Yeah. So, um, I love sharing this story, um, because, um, this is what I hope resonates with other people and, you know, inspires them to look inside and kind of go on their own journey as well. Um, So I was working in Silicon Valley my whole career. So 15 years working in tech marketing for some really big companies, just commuting and grinding day after day after day, having a family, trying to to do it all. Um, And and I just thought that this is life, you know, you just kind of sacrifice yourself to have your family. And then later on, you can enjoy your life. And so I, I lived with this mentality for so long, just trying to keep it all together. Um, and then, you know, lovely pandemic struck. And I think we all have our own deep personal stories with this, but, um, you know, as terrible as it was, it, it really forced me. (laughs) I mean, it put me in a really dark place, just trying to, work full-time, um, trying to have kids go to school. I had a, an eight-year-old and a preschooler. So trying to have them have a pro- somewhat of a proper education, um, just trying to keep peace and calmness in the family. And, you know, you could do that for so long. And um, during the pandemic, I just, I really hit a, a point in my life, a dark point in my life that I never felt before where I was just crying all the time. I couldn't get out of bed. I, I just felt such deep sadness and um, I don't know, the universe definitely delivered to me. And I signed up randomly for a breathwork class, um, having no idea what I was in for, but the description sounded really great. It was actually an organization that I found it through um, that's located in Brooklyn. So near you, um, it's called Heal House. And I really wanted, it's like, I just need to get away. I just need to like go to retreat. Obviously I couldn't. So I was looking for online retreats and this Heal House amazing organization popped up and they were doing these online, um, these online workshops, um, yoga, meditation, just more alternative types of things, things that I was not familiar with. Um, I was definitely not a very spiritual person at that point. Um, I, I didn't know what else to do. Um, and so I signed up for this amazing breathwork class. Uh, her name was Laura Pensiero. If you're in the New York area, she's amazing. <laughs> and, um, and that breathwork, um, doing a conscious connected breath. I, afterwards, I, I was in shock. I was like, what just happened to me? I felt like a weight, like just years of weight had lifted off of me. I had no idea what had happened, but I, it was like a spark went off. I was tingling. I was glowing. I just felt like there's gotta be more to life. Like if I'm able to do this using my breath, like bring myself into this alternative state of consciousness, there's just, there's gotta be more Mm. out there. And that was really kind of the, the point 
um, where I, I just started to get curious. I started to read books about breathing. I read um, James Nestor's book, um, Breath, which is incredible. And um, my dear friend, uh, Renata, um, she was also at the class with me and, and we were just, just amazed by everything. And she's like, well, why don't you sign up to be a facilitator? And I'm like, no way, no way. Like, I hate the sound of my voice. Like I grew up in New York. I grew up on Long Island, just like so aware and conscious of my voice. I'm like, who's going to want to listen to me? Like, I cannot do this. You know, I kept myself (laughs) small my entire life. This is just another perfect point. And, um, you know, I, um, I, I, something pushed me and I did a quick search and clicked on the first link and I found Alchemy of Breath, which was the academy I went through and um, spent eight months learning about the breath and trauma and really understanding what happened in that, um, in that breathwork session is that when we do this breathwork, we're, we're releasing emotions, all of everything that we've experienced in life. We think we remember it, but that's not true. It stays within our body. And so all of all of this chronic stress and emotions and things that we don't release, um, it just stays with us and it, it festers and it turns into chronic pain. It turns into anxiety and depression. It, it turns into all these things, all these bad feelings we have. It doesn't need to be, you know, a huge traumatic event in our life, but, um, you know, just in school, like friendships being lost or people saying mean things to you, you know, it all, we all just, keep it in. And right. so what I learned with this breath work is we're like cleaning out our inner self. We're doing like an inner workout essentially, and just clearing out that trauma. Release. Yeah. And so. well, thank you so much for sharing all of this. And, um, and I think what is super interesting when I hear you talk about this is you can tell how passionate you are. And I, one of the things I love most when I talk to people on this show about, you know, their journeys and their moments of transition is I can tell when they get really excited about talking, um, about their passion and what makes them feel in flow. And I have so many things I want to touch on, um, because I love, I love you describing how you yourself regulated your nervous system. And like, that was such a huge turning point for you. And I also love the moment where we give ourselves permission to ask for what we want and take action because so many of us often forget to do that. So many of us run through life doing things for others always Um, maybe you are doing things for yourself, but maybe they're not the right things. Yeah. And I really love that you, you know, obviously you couldn't go to a retreat. Like you were saying you could, you needed a mental retreat. And so you found that option and you took that action. Um, I'm curious, what was your, you know, when you decided to take that action and you were sitting in that class before things started, were you nervous? Like, what was that like for those people who are kind of on that precipice of taking an action for themselves? Um, I think, I think, um, what I've learned is when we control everything, when we try to control everything, we're just, we're blocking or just blocking and just being able to find some grounding, find some, um, 
the ability to allow and kind of not really knowing like why we're moving forward in a certain way, but just kind of, you know, moving forward. Um, I, I mean, before that first breath work, I was just, I didn't know what I was thinking. I really didn't. I was just, my mind was spinning. I was just, I, I, um, I was just in a really dark place. And so I was just, I was just trying anything. I was on medication. Um, I was exercising. I was like doing all the things and I still just felt lost. So that's so interesting that you were on medication, exercising, trying to you know, find the space because I think there's so many of us that do all of those things. And yet it's not, it's not the right thing yet, or maybe exercise is that right thing that you haven't tried yet. Maybe medication is that right thing that you haven't tried yet. So I think you stating that really, um, resonates with me because it's like, just be open to an experience, be open to trying something new because you don't know if that could be the right thing for you. Mm-hmm obviously you're touching on a subject matter of being a parent during this pandemic. And, um, the fact that, you know, I read, I read an article that said 54 million women around the world have left the workforce, um, over the past two years due to this pandemic, because so much of childcare responsibilities fall on women. Mm-hmm. And they've been the the people that have been, you know, stepping down from their roles and their their um, lives and in their careers to take care of kids. I'm curious what that time looked like for you and balancing because you you didn't step away from your career. You had your job, you had your children, and obviously this led to a darkness that you're talking about. I've talked to other women on this show who've been in the exact same place you've been. And I think it's really important to have a conversation around juggling career and parenthood in a pandemic, because I'm certainly in that position as well. What did this time look like for you, for your daily life? I think, um, I think this was the first time where I really started to ask for help, you know, like, uh, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> Can you repeat the question again? I'm sorry. just curious what your daily life looked like when you're balancing childcare and your uh, career and all of this. It was, um, so yeah, trying to balance everything, you know, during the pandemic, uh, it, it's a blur to be honest. I think it was so traumatic. I, I hardly really remember. I just remember not being able to get out of bed in the morning and just feeling like just death, you know, just feeling terrible all day and just trying to keep it together. I was really just trying to survive. Mm -hmm. Like all the energy I had was really just trying to survive. So I can definitely see, you know, just how everything just started, started to fall apart. It really just started to fall apart. And then, and it had to, for me to recognize, like, you need to stop, this isn't working, you know? And, and, um, and that's, that's scary. And, um, yeah, I think it's super important to have this conversation because so many of us are, are going through this. And I think it's important to, to really ask for help. I know that people say that and, um, it's so hard, but it's true. It's really true. Just even just getting on the phone with a friend and talking and and venting um, helps instead of just keeping it all in and just pretending like everything is okay. Yeah. 
what did work look like during this time? Because I know you were working in Silicon Valley and you were, you know, in these roles and obviously this is such a big change in your life. What was work like for you? For me, it was, it was, uh, it was like living in a nightmare. It was like living in my own personal prison because I had no energy and I would sit there in front of the computer trying to answer an email and just trying to focus, like hearing my kids in the other room, trying to focus, sharing an office. It was just complete torture. And I didn't understand why, like, why am I so lazy? I kept telling myself I'm lazy um, because Mm. I couldn't push forward. So why are you so lazy? Like, why can't you get together? Like what's going on? And that like (laughs) made things worse as well. I just felt so much guilt and it was, I was so afraid at that time of, you know, losing my job, um, that I, I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone at work. Like, how do I approach this? You know, um, and, and watching people thrive during this, you know, Mm -hmm. watching colleagues, you know, probably dealing with their own stuff. I mean, I know that, that, um, being a workaholic is definitely a, a trauma response. Um, it's a way of dealing with it, but you know, that's what, that's what the company, um, was looking for. You know, that those were the people who rose to the top, those ones who were, who were thriving, who were, who were able to still work, you know, at that level kind of pre-pandemic. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I was confused. I was lost and I, I didn't know better. You know, I just didn't know what was going on. Oh my I don't gosh. think it's like, it, you don't know what you don't know. We're not raised to understand our energy. We're not raised to, to, um, I mean, we're raised to, to produce and to do good things. And, you know, I felt that my whole life, like I went to college to be a marketer. Like I knew my whole life, my dad was in sales. I'm like, sales is not for me. I could do marketing. Right. So I went to college. I'm 18 years old. Like I'm going to be in marketing. Like, I I feel like that doesn't make sense. What 18 year old knows what they want to do. And (laughs) I did that. Um, it was great when it was, I had, you know, early on my career, I had, I had a blast. Um, and then I was like, well, you know, this isn't enough for me, like being an event marketer, like I should be doing more. Um, and then I got my MBA and, you know, I did all the things and then went to have my family. And so everything felt like it was being lined up perfectly, but I was just not true to myself. I don't think, I don't think we're taught to be true to ourselves. We're taught to fit into standards. We're taught to conform And during that, we just, we lose sense of ourselves. We disassociate with their true feelings and who we really are. And, Mm. you know, we live a life that we think we're supposed to live. And, um, you know, being 40, 41 now, um, I want to, uh, you know, I I hope this conversation um, helps others, you know, like it doesn't have to be this way. There are. Oh, yeah if you open yourself to opportunities, they present themselves to you in just weird ways. And I know that's, that's hard to, to grasp. And that took a long time for me to grasp. Um, but just from my own experiences, you know, it's hard, like right now things are hard. I'm starting this business. Like we're still in pandemic. There's still a lot of transition. Um, 
And I just, I try and find joy in small things. I know that sounds cheesy, but um, just being with my, my children, being with my family and just taking it day by day is really like the best that I can do right now. And, and it's okay to tell myself, like, you're doing your best. Like, it's okay. Oh yeah. 100%. I think what you're touching on too. Well, I think your, your story and your feelings will absolutely resonate with so many people who, I mean, it definitely does with me. Well, I'm working and raising a, you know, newborn and an infant and trying to balance life and not being able to go do anything and, and yeah. like not having any childcare, you know, those moments are really hard. And I think you touching on the differences in people's lives of when people are thriving versus when people aren't doing well and it's not really recognized or acknowledged at work, that can be incredibly challenging when there's a set of expectations that are unrealistic with the world (laughs) and everything happening in the world right now, especially for people who have families and, you know, there's a lack of understanding. If you do have a family, um, I'm fortunate where I don't feel that way at work around that component. I feel like because I have people around me that I'm working with and working under who have families and they understand, Mm -hmm. but the burnout that you're talking about, the anxiety, depression, all of these things are at an all-time high right now. And yeah. especially for women in in the workforce and working and, and staying at home as well. So I don't think you're touching on anything that, you know, is controversial. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. it's really common right now. And I can feel when you're talking about it. I can feel it's a heavy topic when you're, and and I think when you are talking about, you know, you're not aligned, we're not always aligned to be in touch with our energy or how we're feeling in the moment, our emotions and really stating how we're feeling, especially in the workplace when you're supposed to be productive. I think that is so wise to say, and, and really resonated with me because I was not really, you know, I, I, I witness a lot of people being more mindful than I have been in the past. And I wonder, you know, how, how to, how are they doing that? When you found this breathwork, um, class and it really clicked for you and, um, you started taking more time for yourself, what started changing in your life during this time? Oh my gosh. So many things. Um, I mean, during my, my studies, so the eight months that I, I took my breathwork course to become a facilitator, there was just such deep, there were these just questions and things that I had never thought about before, like doing inner child work, really understanding trauma, um, understanding the hero's journey, um, just so, you know, reparenting yourself, um, conscious loving, conscious loving, holy cow. Like, I feel like this book should be a requirement for everyone to, to read just we're all humans. We all are different. So different. So uniquely different. 
And in order for us to, you know, to really represent ourselves, um, in order for us to be in like these strong relationships or being a, I think authentic parent is really just coming to the table as your true self um, and all that you are. Um, That's been huge for me. I mean, I started like letting my hair, like I'm not dyeing my hair anymore. Like I'm embracing it, you know, like I would never do that before. I was, I was so like embarrassed. Um, So just being true to myself and not not having any, um, just not caring anymore, not caring Mm -hmm. anymore about people's judgments. You know, I feel like I've just lived in the shadow of, of what people thought about me for my entire, you know, adult life. Um, I was actually just thinking about earlier today. I, I took one of those, like, I forget what it was, but one of those personality tests, you know, where you are, um, with my team and I was like in the middle, right? So if that's not like people, people pleaser to the max, you know, like just even thinking about that, I was such a people pleaser that, mm-hmm. and didn't understand like that's a trauma response. So understanding like my trauma responses, understanding my triggers. Um, I think it's just, it's, it's helped me to be a better mother. That's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. to, I think, you know, how there's so many amazing things about gentle parenting and, you know, that becomes overwhelming. I I feel that so much, like as much as I want to embrace gentle parenting, it's hard, right? Unless, unless you really know. And for me, it's not an intuitive thing. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't raised that way. I'm not, you know, so just being able to have that conversation with like little Stacy, looking at little Stacy and, you know, what would I say to her that, I would want to say to my children. So just having that small thing in my head has been really helpful as well. So all of this is really gorgeous. And I really appreciate you sharing your journey of healing. So can we talk about what exactly breath work is, um, and what you, what you did during this class and then during your course? So what is breath work? Yeah. So great question. And I think um, this gets a little tricky. So breath work is, it's a huge umbrella term for all the different breathing exercises that you could possibly do. So I know so many people are familiar with box breathing, um, or just different breathing patterns that all falls under the breath work umbrella. I would say pranayama, anything involved with yoga, um, what I uh, studied was something called the conscious connected breath. And so it's this open mouth breath um, that someone guides you to music, to this active meditation. Essentially it's an active meditation Um, and it activates um, the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous systems, helping it get back into alignment and rebalance and really helping to clear out those emotions. And so with the course, there was a lot of trauma work trauma understanding, um, reading Peter Levine's waking the tiger, incredible book, very, very deep, not a great one to listen to in the car. I learned very quickly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, and just under, I mean, understanding trauma has really been, was really a big, um, part of it, but how to hold space for people, how to, how to, um, do active listening. Um, and, 
just how to guide a beautiful journey, how to be there for someone, how to put together a playlist. So it was really like soup to nuts, everything. And it was just the most beautiful activity time, whatever I could ask for. Like I was able to connect with people from all over the world via Zoom during a pandemic and learn this new skill. Like, I'm just so thankful for it that I was able to do that during a pandemic. You know, Mm -hmm. that was, I think that was, that was also a thing that was, was really hard was I only know marketing. This is what I was saying beforehand. I only know marketing. And so what could I possibly do? Like, I don't want to do this anymore. What could I possibly do? I don't know anything. And the universe delivered. (laughs) Well, I think you're touching on something really important is just because you don't know something doesn't mean you can't learn it. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you can't introduce yourself to a new skill or it doesn't mean that you're locked into anything. And I think that is something, you know, like you were touching on earlier, you knew you wanted to go into marketing at 18. That's great. That's the season of your life that you had where you had that determination, that focus and that desire But I do think with that, we often tell ourselves, well, how can we possibly do anything else or learn something Mm -hmm. new? And I really love that you opened yourself up to that possibility and that curiosity because it's encouraging others to go do the same, to go learn something new, try something different. So when was the moment for you that you decided to leave your role and really pursue this? Oh, that is, that's a really hard time. It wasn't a way um, that I wanted to leave. I I've never done this before, but I just was really not capable of communicating with people at work. I was just, I think I, I was just dealing with something so deep at that point. Like if I heard the sound of slack, it would just, I would just like, Oh, it would, it would crush me. And like, that's just crazy. Um, And I think, you know, I was able to take some time off. I was able to go on medical leave and I was just not able to come back. I really Mm. was not. And so it wasn't really a great clean breakup and, um, I'm not proud of it. Um, but it's just, it's what I had to do. It's, it, it was the only thing I could do in the moment. Like I was just so low and so down again, I was talking to my doctor, I was taking medication, I was doing the things and. I just couldn't. And around the same time, the breathwork course was starting. So it was kind of, it was kind of the, the therapy I needed to get over all of that. Mm, I totally get this. I have left jobs in, in a way where I didn't like the way that I left, but I was feeling trauma in, in that Mm. role. And I needed to break away. And, and I'm sure that, you know, I know that there were times in my life where I've had bridges that have been burned. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate. And I don't like that. That was the way that I went about things, but I do feel you when you're saying in a moment of trauma and when your mental health is compromised, sometimes you have to leave a situation in a way that you weren't always expecting or hoping for. Um, and I would hope that people can have compassion for that and, and, you know, understand that life is short. We're not all about our jobs and, yeah. and it's not about, you know, your space in the world and the workforce. It's about your mental health and your, your betterment. So I would say kudos to you for recognizing that you needed to go on leave. And it's really, really 
amazing that you're also sharing that with listeners, because I think a lot of us will just keep going through the motions and not take any action, not take medical leave, not do, not go to therapy, not take medication and just keep going, going, going and running ourselves into the dirt when it's not worth it. And I think realizing that you're worth it and that a change for you is worth it because this environment is no longer serving you is really important to share. So good on you for sharing that and, um, for taking the next step. And I'm curious when you did take that next step and you decided to start this, you know, new journey, how did you, how did you start? What was your first facilitation? Like when you, when you first led your breathwork? Oh, Um, so my, so the beauty of the program that I went through is that we were able to practice in like a really safe space. So I was able to do it with my, my classmates. I had an amazing, um, buddy, breathwork buddy. Um, and we just, you know, we really truly supported each other. I mean, never meeting in person, you know, in real life, just zoom, just having a connection with this, you know, these beautiful people, um, who were so authentic and, you know, really gave me good feedback. Like, how can I, like, this is great, Stacey, and you can make it that much better by doing X, Y, and Z and just feeling safe. And, mm. um, and um, my, my graduation, I was able to lead a, a breath work for, you know, close to 200 people. And that was wow. like, oh my God, I never in my life, you know, even starting this, like, oh, you're never going to do that. That's Yeah. Crazy. You just took and a just, class. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. So just, you know, after that, just having the confidence and, um, starting to just take little baby steps, really just baby steps. Cause you know, um, just being more aware of my energy and like when I feel low, cause then my creative juices and just, I'm not able to, I'm not able to give or receive at that point. And so just being more mindful of that has been, has been helpful as I, approach this new journey. And as I take on new things and really just try not being, not being afraid to try new things, like doing one-on-one breath works, what does that look like versus doing group breath works? And what do I like more? And really trying to find my voice and, and how can I help other women, other mothers, other people who, who are feeling this way and, you know, are looking for other, um, other ways to, to heal and, and, you know, not knowing breathwork exists. Um, you know, I'm, I'm so in the work, I'm so in the breathwork world now, I feel like everyone knows about it, but the truth is that's not true. And so how can I make this accessible and scalable to, to people? So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've heard the term breathwork a lot, you know, I know about pranayamic breathing. I know about meditation and mindfulness, but I've never heard breath work used as an umbrella term like you do to describe. And I've never heard about the, the type that you facilitate and you practice. So when someone is in a one-on-one session with you or a class, what does that typically look like? Yeah. So, um, when we're in a one-on-one setting, we, we can talk about, you know, how do you want to, how do you want to leave feeling from this? So we're able to include different messaging, um, during the breath work, helping to rewire your brain, reset your nervous system. And, you know, just giving all that good love and energy of, of who you are and really connecting you back to your source of truth, you know, whatever you believe that to be the universe, 
God. Um, uh, and so with a one-on-one, we, we can go deeper. Um, we can go deeper and we can work um, on more specific things. On the group classes, I love because um, there's usually some type of topic or focus. So I just did one recently for burnt out parents, you know, and, and trying to help them kind of take their minds offline for a little bit. Cause that's essentially what we do during this breath work is we are able to go to an alternative state of consciousness. Um, I know it sounds odd, but that's really what happens. And we're able to, you know, just close our, turn our minds off for a while and just focusing on our breath and, and releasing. Mm-hmm. Even you just saying that I'm like, Oh, that Um, sounds like so divine and like delicious. Like, Ooh, that sounds like so fun. And I know that in meditation, there's like the, um, the blue light that people, um, say folks see sometimes and like certain images that people see. Mm -hmm. And, um, do you use imagery in your breathwork practice? Um, like how, how do you guide I mean, I've done guided meditations before, but like, how do you guide people through this? Yeah. So, um, we do this to a playlist. So, um, it's like, it's like doing a workout. So, um, depending on the length, um, typically a a playlist can be, you know, 30 minutes could be an hour. Really, it really depends. Um, and so the first song starts out slow. We're kind of getting into this breathing pattern. And by the second, third song, the breath kind of takes over, um, but we're, we, we climb up a hill. So the pace of the music increases. And as the pace increases, our breath increases. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone's journey is different. So, you know, it's not a one size fits all it's knowing your, what feels good for you, knowing when to slow down, knowing when to speed up, um, because there is a lot of emotions that come through and, um, the way that we're breathing, we're not, um, we're doing this conscious connected breath. You're not delivering oxygen to the extremities. So you feel things like tingles, you, you can feel cramping or clamping. So that's why it's important to have a facilitator or a coach or someone kind of keeping an eye watching over you, um, making sure you're not, you're not going off somewhere else. You're able to come back. You're coming back to your breath. Um, And I've seen, you know, I've seen like really big trauma releases, just a lot of trembling or just energy going through. And so it's important to watch over, um, watch over people, especially, you know, in a group setting, I would say, I mean, definitely one-on-one, but in a group setting, Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I like to make sure people are safe and, you know, they're staying connected to their bodies. Of course. This is so interesting to me because I am sure for some people listening to this, it might sound way out there for them and be like, what the heck was that the case for you? Or have you always kind of like been curious about this stuff? (laughs) No. So, I mean, so I grew up Jewish. I went to temple. I celebrated all the high holidays. Like that for me was what being spiritual is like, I don't know. Like there was no connection, right? Like I would I would read prayers in Hebrew. I would have no idea what I'm saying. Like I went to Hebrew high school. I went on a March to the living, which is a program where you go to um, Poland and tour concentration camps Mm -hmm. and, um, and then uh, spending a week in Israel and kind of celebrating there. Um, And that was deeply moving. But again, 
it wasn't spiritual. So I would say I, I probably lacked this spiritual component until I found breath work and breath work. Uh, it was really the thing that made me think, okay, there's gotta be more. And then, um, I started, um, listening to Gabby Bernstein, her podcast and just understanding like what spirit is and being able to connect with myself and knowing that there is a higher power. I don't know what it is. Um, and just being open to it. And that's, you know, that's my personal take and it, um, it, it helps me. It helps me a lot, but I was not a woo woo person at all. Like <laughs> maybe I did some yoga, some Peloton yoga, um, soul cycle was like <laughs> the only spiritual <laughs> your religion. Um, yeah. and so this really opens me up to new possibilities. Um, yeah, that's and- super interesting. Um, because I think that, you know, for someone like you and for a lot of, probably a lot of my listeners out there, um, I firmly believe you, you can believe whatever you want and experience whatever you want. If you're not a spiritual person, if you are, but I do think having the openness to try something different in having it change your evolution and being open to the process of trying something new is, um, it might not change everything, but, but I think taking one step can be really meaningful and just Mm -hmm. even embracing being open to that can be really meaningful because you're telling me and our listeners that you signed up for a breathwork course and you sat down and you took breaths, you were breathing and it changed your mm-hmm. life. Like, yep. <laughs> and you left your career and you started, you're starting a new business and you're teaching other people, you know, what you went through and, and teaching them to breathe. That's mm-hmm. what, you know, and, and process trauma through their breath. That is really, really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, because all you did was sit down and start breathing. <laughs> like, yeah. I think that one moment of being aligned with your breath and, and understanding that it's so much more, just one small action is really, really powerful because mm-hmm. somebody might be listening to this and they haven't even gone outside today um, yeah. or they haven't, you know, brushed their teeth, done anything for themselves. Mm-hmm. One small action, you have no idea what's going to happen in your life because that's what you're yeah. telling me is you were yeah. in a very dark place. So you took one small action and it completely transformed your life. Yeah. Have you now been more open to the process of new in trying new things? What does that look like in your life now? Yes. Um, uh, so I, yes, I'm so open to trying new things and like plant medicine has just been, um, one facet of it and, and, um, just, knowing I have the ability to heal myself from the inside. Um, you're talking about, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I lost track here, Christina. What, no, no what, problem. What? I'm just so, you know, asking you about how you're feeling, embracing newness, you newness, know, and, yes, and trying new newness. things. And what does yes. that look like for you now? 
Yeah. So I am definitely open to trying new things. Um, I've, I've made so many amazing new connections and I feel like I'm joining different new communities, um, being open. Like I never in my wildest dreams ever thought I would start my own business. Never, ever. Cause I was so afraid of change. I was so afraid of change my entire life. Just, oh, it crushed me to my core. Like going off to college was excruciating. I was so homesick and um, I, I just didn't embrace the change. You know, I didn't embrace it. I was scared. I stayed scared in everything. Um, mm. And so, yeah, just the newness now, it just, it feels, it feels natural now to try new things, um, to meet new people, to connect with, with people who I can have deep connections with, um, that's been amazing. That's been yeah. amazing. Like I've just, I feel like so many friendships in my life were just not, not real, not authentic. Like I, I was just, I wasn't myself. I was not myself. And so it's just, was it a friendship? I don't know. Um, and so this newness is, it's just helped me deepen relationships so much more. Yeah. That's really yeah. gorgeous. So speaking of friendships, I ask every person on this show, um, who in your life, you know, do you have, that's an ally who identifies as a woman, um, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, how have they impacted your life? Oh, so, um, I mentioned my friend Renata who encouraged me to sign up, uh, for, um, for the breathwork training. Um, and her sister Noemi has been just such an inspiration for me. Um, during the beginning of the pandemic, she was starting to teach online yoga and that was kind of my first step. I was like, all right, we'll, we'll try this. And, and she, um, she, uh, just created an anxiety, natural anxiety course, and she included EFT tapping. And so just, you know, I, I don't know, there was just something about her and I feel like, you know, she's not, you know, she's just, she's like my spiritual soul sister. And I've just learned so much from her and she just listening to what she's doing, trying what she's doing. I mean, it just, it opened me up to so many things. So even before doing this breathwork course, I I was taking very baby steps, you know, going to yoga with her um, once or twice a week, starting to do EFT tapping without even knowing like it's doing anything. Like, yes, I felt better afterwards, but I didn't realize it was really unblocking me to opportunities. Oh, I really love that so much. And I think those relationships that introduce you to new things too, you know, having people encourage you to try new stuff or bring you into this sphere of what they're doing, that can be really helpful when you're, I know I'm someone who lives in fear a lot and has had to break through that. And you were saying you felt the same way for a long time, being afraid, being resistant to change because fear. Mm -hmm. So I think when you have a person um, or a few people that can kind of like nudge you in a positive way, that mm-hmm. really helps. I know that helps yeah. for me. So that's a gorgeous Absolutely. relationship. We are at our time. Holy moly. Um, I've had the best time talking to you about this. I think that, you know, you're incredibly talented and you obviously have tapped into something that resonates so deeply with you and your 
um, your personal journey. And I think you're going to do some really incredible things with this. Um, where can people find you if they want to work with you? Yes. Um, so you can find me on my website, stacymillman.com, um, or on Instagram, I'm breathe with Stace. Um, and I'm going to start doing more regular group classes, uh, maybe a breathwork brunch or a nighty night bedtime breathwork. So definitely stay tuned. Um, I am working one-on-one with clients right now and, um, lots of fun, new things to come out. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Please run. Do not walk to go work with Stacy. Um, Stacy, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. And oh, I'm just so you, grateful. Christina. Oh, Christina, this has been so much fun. And thank you so much for, for having me. And it's been great to connect and chat. Mm-hmm, definitely. Well, for those of you listening, um, please remember your story matters, your voice matters, and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you, everyone. The Amplify Her podcast is a part of the Amplify Her Media Network. You can check out more shows on the Amplify Her Media Network over on Instagram at Amplify Her Media.